If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call on Patreon. Welcome everyone to our 90 Day Fiance bonus episode. This Ooh. is our Christmas gift to all of you. <laughs> Yay! I'm excited. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh, you do a married at first sight. How come you don't do 90 Day Fiance? So. And the reason we don't do 90 Day Fiance is because everybody does 90 Day Fiance. Which yep. is, I, don't, I don't actually listen to any 90 Day Fiance exclusive podcast, though, even though I'm a huge fan of the show. Yeah. I think because we already take so much time. There's 1,000 spinoffs. It's two-hour <laughs> episodes. There's a lot of stuff on social media. There's memes of that. It's just, uh, to add a podcast would just be overkill. Yeah. <laughs> but just, just for Christmas, just for this special time of year... We are going to give you our thoughts on 90 Day Fiance. Yep. And it's also coincidental with the new season that started about three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say we both come at this show from the perspective of both being immigrants. Yeah. So I feel like our perspective is probably a little bit different than a lot of other people's because, like, we know a little bit more about this process than I would say your average person. Yes. So I started watching the show because the Washington Post TV writer in 2014 wrote an article about the second season. And I was like, oh, a reality show that involves immigration? And I went and I started watching and I was like, this is great. And I've watched it ever since. How did you start watching the show? I do not remember, but if I'll just go with my answer for everything. If there's a reality show out there, I'm watching it. <laughs> and I watched it from the beginning. So... I just remember that I've watched all the seasons, so I don't remember how. 
I did never went back to the first season because it just didn't sound that good. But I also felt like I wa- I was watching it, you know, and it was a couple years of it just being like a small little TLC show. And then all of a sudden it exploded and it felt like the whole world was watching it. And like every person who I talked to watched the show. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's its own phenomenon. And you know it's huge because as if we don't have enough streaming channels, um, Discovery, who's the parent family of it, they're launching their Discovery Plus, which is its own streaming service. And every ad, they're pushing 90 Day Fiance. I think there's like a special with the worst host in history, Sean Robinson, talking about the behind the scenes and going in depth more than we already have. And I'm like, this is how you know that this is the queen of that company because 90 Day Fiance is what they're pushing. <laughs> Apparently there are four new shows on Discovery Plus that are 90 Day Fiance spinoffs. Nope. And I'm not watching a one of them. <laughs> nope. Same. Same. Because I think it's just bait. I don't think it's going to deliver. It looks good as a as an ad. But I think it's just going to be stuff like, what more can they tell us? And plus it's Sean Robinson. Did I mention that already? You did mention that. You got <laughs> Kevin Fraser on there. Um... <laughs> So let's talk about the show and how the American immigration system. I feel like something people don't understand is that like when people talk about an immigration system, that is not true. There's not really a system of immigration in the United States. There's basically a bunch of one-offs. And the easiest, quickest is to be the parent of a U.S. citizen, the child of a U.S. citizen, or the spouse or spouse-to-be of a U.S. citizen. And that is why we have a show with, like, the K-1 process. I always find the K-1 thing a little bit idiotic, in a sense. If you were to be the most efficient about immigration, you would do a CR-1, which is where you get married overseas. It takes sometimes a little bit longer than the K-1, but then something people have kind of picked up on is, like, when you do a K-1, and you first get to America, there's a lot of sitting around waiting for your paperwork. You have to sit there and wait for your work permit. You have to sit there and wait for your green card. And without those things, you can't get a driver's license. And that's what contributes to a lot of the frustration that people have with like the K-1 process. Whereas if you do a CR-1, the minute you land, they send the green card in the mail. So I'm not going to lie to you that that is the first time I'm hearing about CR-1. And then now, on second thought, yes, I'm an immigrant, but I just thought about, like, there's a lot of it that I also didn't know. The first time I heard about the K-1 visa was on the show. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was in grad school, I had a friend, and she was the first person who ever told me about it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm bringing my fiancé over on a fiancé visa. And I was like, what? And then she explained it to me. So, see, and let's talk about this, because... The way people do the process on the show is typically the worst way to do it. The worst way. (laughs) So my friend who did it, she met this guy when she was like in New York and he was like in Canada and he had come down to New York to like visit friends and he was from France. So they do this long distance relationship where he's like driving nine hours from Canada to New York to visit her. Then she starts grad school. She does like a semester or two of grad school. He goes back to France And then she moves to France for nine months. Like she figures out independent study, da 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 da, and she moves to France for nine months and they live together. And then she comes back to the States, finishes grad school, and then she does his K1. But it's like they spent so much time together, Mm -hmm. (laughs) unlike the Jokers on this show. But that was the first time I heard about the fiance visa. 
But yeah, that's the biggest misconception about the show that is so frustrating. And I think the producers make them say it. Oh, we only have 90 days to get married. Oh, we only have... No, the, the, the thought process is that you already know you want to get married. You have 90 days to tie up any loose ends and get married. But they make it seem like we only know each other 90 days, so we're getting married. Like, no, that's not what it's for. So... And they come on the show and say things that they would have never said to the immigration officer. Because if you told the immigration officer that you were only like bringing them over to figure out if you were sure you wanted to get married in the 90 days, they would deny your visa. Which You're supposed to be sure thing. you want I, to get married. I got to tell you that for a second, I actually thought about it. I was like, does this show have a deal with the embassies and stuff because no. I don't know. I mean, I'm being facetious, but I thought about it for a second because I'm just like some of these couples, I'm just like, even if I was watching, I wouldn't even. And I'm just like, how did they, how were they able to get a visa and how does this work? But, you know, I had that thought. I'm not going to lie. The reason I can tell is because there have been multiple issues of people having issues with their visas timing like where people the shooting schedule for 90 day fiance i've noticed they can only produce about one a year because they're shooting these different people on all these different schedules because the visa timing is so unpredictable and i think they usually have a couple of backup couples too because you just never know when it comes to the u.s embassy when they will give you the visa that you've been waiting for for a very very long time yeah i'm like the show started taking off when there was a lot of mismatch in ages with the couples. Like the first season I watched, you had like, um, like Amy and Danny, they were met in Australia. They were the same age. They were mostly the same level of attractive. She was prettier than him by a little bit, but okay. But then you had your Danielle and Muhammad, and that's when people, they just kept on looking for these couples that just don't look right. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's a 90-day fiancé season when you start like, how are they together? But for the most part, it seems like they have a better batting average than The Bachelor. (laughs) Uh, I think the reason they have a better batting average than The Bachelor, I wish people knew how hard... First off, there's the time and the money and the effort that it takes to get one of these visas. I think the show underplays that. They treat... When they're shooting, they treat it like it's like a joke or something. It's not. Like, you have signed a lot of paperwork. You have paid a lot of money. You have flown back and forth. The other spinoffs, they do all kinds of um, bullshit. But the actual original 90 Day Fiance, by the time you've gone through all of that, you're staying together. No, I don't think so. Because not to say people haven't broken up, but what I mean by better batting average is like when I do see these couples, I actually believe in them being together like you know Annie and I forget her husband's name but Annie from Filipino David and Annie and David Annie and David even Annie and Robert like even like you know we're going to talk about the spin-offs but I mean like even after that like from the beginning I think like I think we've talked about it um off of the podcast before where we think they play up the drama but that's how it's presented to us where it just looks like why are they together even they're not even gonna last but hey that's because there's a a transactional nature to some of these relationships that people like to call fraud but it's not fraud it's a transaction and i I also wonder someone like annie and david 
Would they have lasted this long if they were not getting TLC money? <laughs> I mean, to stay with David. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, she genuinely seems like she likes him, though. Like, <laughs> Which is weird. But I'm like, would you like him if you guys weren't getting your TLC money? Because she didn't like him very much when they, looked like they were living above the fire station. Yeah, <sighs> that's true. So yeah, well, like we said, 90 Day Fiance became this phenomenon, and then because of that, and you know how Hollywood is, once something is good, they, they will milk it to the last drop. So we have a gazillion spinoffs. A, do you want to list out all the spinoffs that we have <laughs> of 90 Day Fiance? I'm going to list them out and provide a brief thought on each one, because each one has their own, yeah. So we've got The Other Way. That's where... There've only been two seasons of that, and that is where the American says to us, the audience, that they are moving to the country of their lover. Lies. Usually, they don't even bother getting a visa. So I have never really believed in the other way. Um, before the ninety days, that's like the first meeting. This concept was tested out with Nicole and Azan because those two fools have never gotten a visa. But she went over there and met him in person for the first time, and that was the premise of that. Like before the ninety days, happily ever after. Um, where we follow up on couples that's probably one of the best spinoffs it's just it goes on too long by the time you're on your third fourth season of the same people don't care then we've got the individual shows that should be thrown in the trash but they just keep on coming the family Chantal and Darcy and Stacy pillow talk I've enjoyed pillow talk every now and then if they get the right the right version of people that's where people watch the show who were on the show and comment on the show then there's What Now, which is usually only available on the TLC app, which is just really another happily ever after, but shorter. Then they have this strikes back business that they just started. Oh, hell no. That's it's the one them I'm reading social for. media commentary of the show and responding. No. And now with Discovery Now, they've got like diaries and they did quarantine. I don't want to watch someone shoot a TV show with their dang iPhone. Like <laughs> that was actually fun. I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually because I think they're the ones who started that. And then a couple of their sister, like competitor, competitor stations started doing that. And I was like, oh my God, they actually made something out of this. That wasn't bad at all. Quarantine? Yeah. Oh. I, can, I think, well, with all these shows, it really depends on who they choose to follow. And they always can keep you coming back with, like, if they have five couples and two of them are ones who you're kind of interested in, then you'll be forced to watch Elizabeth and Andre till the end of time just because they're there. Yeah, and then they're not scared to document them fighting in quarantine on their cell phone. So <laughs> I was in. <laughs> the other way, to me, is one of the, my favorites to watch just because I like to see the other countries. Um, but I also don't like that they... They should really get into the nitty gritty of like, do you have a visa to go live with this person? Because a lot of times they're just going over there for two or three weeks to shoot the show. Brittany was never moving to Jordan. <laughs> you know, I used to enjoy the other way until A told me this. She's like, yeah, do you notice that no one ever stays? They just go there, shoot the show and they come back and it switched everything for me. So now <laughs> I think seriously, I watch them. I'm like, eh, you're leaving anyways, because it's true. The only person who might, might, might stay is, um, why do I keep blanking on their names? The old Kenny lady. Armando. I, well, I 
Yeah, but they were one season. The um, Samia and Jenny. Yes, but she came back again, and I. I know, I understand, but I think she's <laughs> trying to get the visa. She thought she was gonna get married, but yeah, she came back. <laughs> uh, until someone like. I and Binyam and Ari, it looks like she did permanently move to Ethiopia, which I think is kind of cool. But the rest of them, I mean, there's got to be what five or six couples per season, and there's only been like two <laughs> yeah. who actually moved to the country, like permanently yeah. stayed there. Ugh. Do we know still? I still don't know why. Oh, I think it was for the Kenya and Armando why they can't come to the United States. I don't think it's that they can't, I don't think Armando wants to. It's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if no. it's like a cost of living thing or yeah, they just and I think that they thought they would be able to go back and forth much more. Yeah. Um, but because of COVID, they haven't been able to. I don't know. Watching and, the other the watching the other way is always a trip because you will never see the biggest epitome of American hubris. It's like, actually, it's a thing in all the shows. How do you move to another country and still complain and compare it to the United States? Like, the whole point is you're getting married and being with someone who is not American. The world doesn't start and end in America. Why do these people never take the time out to learn the culture? It's a whole group of people who have never heard of Google. <laughs> like, do you just think, I mean, a lot of these people are fueled by lust. Let's just be honest here. Because he had the story, I went on vacation, we had a great time, I came back, I proposed. Oh, uh, lust and loneliness. Because loneliness is never so much emphasized than watching this 90 Day Fiancé. Like, what are we even watching? But they get carried away and it becomes like they don't learn about. That's why whenever I see instances where people are actually trying to, you know, be aware of the culture, I appreciate it. Like Angela is crazy as hell. But, you know, when she went and then she learned a little bit of the language and she would call Michael's mom, say yummy and come with the gift and all that. I appreciated that a lot. (laughs) I appreciated that, too. but. Since you brought up Angela and Michael, I, I like I have a lot of mixed feelings about them. Like I want Michael to get his visa because I feel like he's put in his work. But I also think that that is an abusive relationship, and I'm very worried for his safety and well-being should he come to the United it States. It is an abusive relationship. Michael is coming here to be a grandpa, and he's <laughs> not in a city. They're in all the way in Georgia. I don't know where they are, but he's going to be stuck. All the way in Woodstock, uh, Georgia, which is like in in the boonies. And it's like, I don't know if that's the safest place to put a black man in. But, you know, yeah. I, people always get upset that like Muhammad came to Sandusky, Ohio with Danielle, got his green card and promptly left. <laughs> and in my heart of hearts, that's what I hope Michael does too. Come get you your green card, run to Atlanta. <laughs> Leave Angela behind. Um, I don't think he will survive that. I feel like Angela would truly find him and kill him. (laughs) So, no. I don't wish that for him. I just want Michael to stay in Nigeria and find a Nigerian wife and have his babies. Because that's one part I can't get over is how are we going to act like he doesn't want kids? 
I just, uh, how are they going to get over this hump? At least with, I am so sorry that I'm forgetting their names. Um, there was the other Nigerian guy, Lisa, baby oh, girl yes. Lisa. And Usman. And Usman, she was up front. She's like, yeah, he can have another girl that's going to carry the baby, but she's not going to live with us. She's not going to be there. But, you know, Angela is not even facing that reality. Like, girl, you cannot carry a child. And your daughter said no to the egg. So what is the solution? I'm not even entertaining that as a real storyline. I think because in my mind, I really expect, first off, not to get political, but Biden getting elected was the best thing to happen to Angela and Michael. Because... (laughs) Because there is currently a visa ban for the type of visa that they would need to bring Michael mm-hmm. to the United States. And they probably have a good possibility of getting that visa ban lifted in January. And at that point, he can actually come to the United States. And then I expect him to pull a Muhammad. He is going to be with Angela for as long as he needs to be with Angela. And then he's going to go find himself a real wife to have kids with. Well... I mean, we'll see. But speaking of dysfunctional, who else is dysfunctional? Jay and Ashley have always bothered me because she's a child predator. Oh, she was the he was the young one from. No, I remember them. Yeah, you said child predator, and I said, "Ooh, yeah." He was like (laughs) seventeen. He was a teenager, and she was ten years older. If this was a man and a woman, we would call him a predator, and that's what she is. But Jay was twenty. When they got married, when they met, he was like 17. Oh, I thought he was 18. Okay. It's a slippery slope, but either way, predator. <laughs> who, well, who, who would you call dysfun- more dysfunctional or as dysfunctional as them? Um, I, uh, Angela and Michael is just usually what I think of when I think of that, when I think of dysfunctional, to be honest, I think... Well, would do it, would you consider them dysfic- dysfunctional, Andre and Elizabeth? No, they're perfect I, for each other. I can't get over that scene where he snatched the phone from her as he was driving, and I'm just like, what? I think they are desperate to be the next family, Chantal. <sighs> All of these trash people that she calls a family are playing up. All of this stuff so they can get a show. Sure. Yeah, that And makes then sense. I wonder if their relationship is dysfunctional based on what you just said with the whole phone snatching. It probably is. But it's it's. I think it's hard for me because I'm like, and this is true for every abusive relationship, like what's to stop Elizabeth from leaving? Loneliness. I'm telling you, a lot of these people are fueled by loneliness. They just don't want to be by themselves. Like... If you go all the way to get someone from the country, and like you said, it's not an easy process, and go through a whole, this whole process just because you have to have somebody, it's a huge, like, I really underestimated how much people don't like being alone, but it's a huge factor. That's true. But I but, think yeah. now they're just on that, like, they're on every show, hyping up the conflicts with her family. I, I just think they want to. They want their own show, and a, a God forbid if we have to watch a whole season of just Chuck and Baby Chuck and those awful sisters. Well, I think Nicole and Azen is dysfunctional. They were trying to copy Muhammad, and those are two marriages that just they, they lasted way too long on the, on the show. At that point, I started skipping them because it wasn't fun anymore to watch. 
I so, never understood. I can never understand what these angles are. Like, do they stick with this because they don't want to be lonely? Like you said, do they stick with this because TLC cameras are still there? I feel like each side of the couple has their own motivations. Like, if there had been no camera crew, would Ozan have still been talking to Nicole? Yes, because he's funding his lifestyle. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Dysfunctional. How could we forget Colt and Larissa? Oh, they're the worst. They give me the heebie-jeebies. They're just gross together. Jose, Jorge and Anfisa? Uh, oh. This is the other thing about this. When people start calling the police, which is what happened with Ashley and Jay, that was another reason I couldn't stand her. You yeah. live in the middle of BF, Pennsylvania, and you have the audacity to call the police on your black husband. Can't stand her. Um, Colt and Larissa. Like, once you're calling the police in these situations, there's the regular risk of the police. But for immigration purposes, it is a big deal with very mm-hmm. serious consequences. Yeah. So let me ask, what are your thoughts on... I was trying to decide if they were dysfunctional or not what are your thoughts on kalani and asuelo oh so dysfunctional (laughs) okay vacation sex that turns into like a third child i mean they're something i always struggle with when watching the show is sympathy i rarely have it for either side of the couple almost never actually um i don't feel sorry for kalani but she's in a really crappy situation she's just as dumb as he is they're equally stupid (laughs) And I think, I mean, I I don't know if he is not built to handle this world. I don't understand. They need to get divorced. I don't, Did I don't you know. say built to handle this world? <laughs> I swear to God. I swear. Does he know how to take care of his children? Does he? I, I don't know. <laughs> this woman put a tracker on his car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't they deserve each other, but every time Kalani says she's done, we find out that she's not done. <laughs> and then every time I think like Asuelu is just misunderstood and he's just struggling, you know, with the language barrier, he says something and he's very lucid. And I'm like, oh okay, he knows what he's doing. All right. So yeah. Something I liked seeing the last time we saw them, I guess it was on a version of Happily Ever After, is that he did have friends who, like, spoke his language from his culture that he was spending time Mm -hmm. with. Something that is always missing, usually, from this show is, if you're an immigrant, you need your community. You need your Mm -hmm. food. You need your language. You need your people. And I think, you know, the people, the, the, the American couple always underestimate what it is. Because, again... The hubris that is uh, being an American is thinking that the world begins and ends here. So in their mind, that's the prize. Oh, sorry. How could we forget dysfunctional and not mention Tanya? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just, it just came to me mid-sentence because I remember when she says, I gave you the green card. And I'm like, that's exactly what fuels a lot of these people is I give you the green card, so I'm changing your life. So that's all that matters. And to them, if you're not living in the United States, everywhere else is shit. And I'm like, no. There's a, there a couple of people who come and they're like, who is it that came? The guy who did it from Turkey? And Marcel. he was like, this is ugly. <laughs> so you know, he's like, you know, where I'm from, it's pretty. There's like a view and there's things or whatever. So, But Americans <laughs> think 
be all end all. You should be grateful that you're here. And it's like, you can't start a relationship thinking this person should be indebted to you. Do you know what it's like to leave your entire, you know, family, to leave all you've known, your connections, the, some people leave careers and things like, that's a huge sacrifice. Like they just never take that into consideration. And every, like what I do appreciate about the show is depending on where you come from, everybody has their own motivations yeah or gains like some people if you're coming from a middle class of another country you notice we don't get a lot of western europeans on this show mm-hmm. a lot of philippines a little bit of africa a lot of south america and central america mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's I'm- different when we get someone from the UK or Amsterdam or <laughs> they're just like F this, I can go home where there's health insurance. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that the story angle is different. And then they get get like a certain kind of person. I don't know if you've seen the meme on Twitter where um someone wrote a joke where the people in America are like, Oh, you only want me for your green card, and then they put a picture of their house where it's like a mattress on the floor. And then there's like roaches on the ground. And then those are the kind of people who are like, I'm bringing you to America, but they're usually like the brokest. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I think when people watch the show, something they should understand is depending on where you're coming from, a few hundred dollars in America can be life changing for your family back home. Mm-hmm. Tell that to the family Chantal. And. Nothing annoys me more than an American. Like, when Chantel first started getting on Pedro for sending money home, I was like, how could you marry a foreigner and think that they would not send money home? What universe are you living in? PSA for anybody listening. If you marry someone from another country, they are sending money home. Yeah. It's, like, standard, like, you send money home. And, again, I understand it's, like, if you have extra, because in the case of, like, Kalani and Asuelu, there just isn't any extra. So, I mean, I get it. You have to send money. And even Kalani was able to concede. She's like, you know, I could send $50, but when you're not asking for $2,000, I don't know. You're on your own. But yeah, it's basically comes with the territory, but falls under the umbrella of you're marrying someone, get to know the culture, and then get to know if you can handle it. If not, go get you an American. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't. Simple. Exactly. <laughs> But well, we never talked about switching it up. What are some of your favorite couples? Um, I did like, well, I like the Amy half of Amy and Danny. Yeah. They also explored another part, which, and this is true here in America, or if you marry a foreigner, these Americans and or white people who are not willing to go to bat against your racist relatives for your partner, please fuck off with that. It's, it's really disgusting to watch, actually. If you're going to, I can't stand that whole, like, Oh, you're just like when the family gets all you're just marrying them from a green card first off that's an insult to your family member oh they can only get someone yeah. for a green card yeah secondly as we said and we should probably like really get into the depths of why a green card is not all it's cracked up to be <laughs> it's 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 a strange thing where it's a prize that people would literally do anything for but it's also not what americans think it is like the rest of the world has nice things too exactly so that is why one of my favorite scenes ever in all of the franchises was the time um pedro 
dropped that green card in Chantal's face and said, is it a green card? Is it a green card is making you do all of this? Here, here, take your green card. I go home. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, honestly, because I think he sat down and he was like, why am I taking this abuse? My mom is a lawyer. I had a good life in the Dominican Republic. You came with your non-speaking Spanish still, trying to learn Spanish and turn my life upside down. Take your green card and go. <laughs> That's my favorite scene ever. You threw it on the bed. <laughs> it's so funny to me. This It's so hard to explain why a green card is everything while also not being all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Like, my, like I have a family member who always says, like, people back home would sell literally everything they own to get a green card. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. But it's not... I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree. Like, I get it. Like, again, and they try to play it up where, you know, you find someone say, I want a better life. You know, I'm coming here to get a better life. But again, I think the thing with America is like you build it up so much because you don't have it. And then you get here and you're like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) I had that moment. I was only like I was young, but I was just like in my mind, I really thought the streets had gold. And life was so easy, but there's the other side no one talks about. So when they come, they're su- you see a lot of them, the disappointment on their faces because they've really built it up. So yes, it is everything. Yes, it is better, but it is growing pains to leave something you've known so for so long and all your life and to come here and then start over. And it's not exactly like everyone's nice. And then you have to fight with people to actually now start defending the love. That you- it's so stressful. When and exactly, the yeah, and the it's pressure like said, of, of like coming here is that no one ever goes and visits home and says, you know, healthcare is really expensive and so is car insurance. <laughs> like, it is yeah. hard to pay your bills here in America, it is yeah. hard you to miss all your family, to miss your community. No one ever goes home and says that, they just say, here, have some money. Oh, yeah, we're doing really, really well. Like, yeah, no one or- ever talks about the bad parts, so everybody back home is like, okay, let's come to America. <laughs> Or if you're like, Jay, I can't walk down the street because I don't know if I'll make it back home. I mean, you know, so, yeah, so there's, it's everything, but it's also like, it's not the be all end all that they make it to seem. That's the funny part. So at some point, I think, especially with everything that's gone on in our country in the last four years, I think we kind of lost status, actually. There's a lot of people I know that's like, um, yeah, I'll pass. We have corona raging here. We have cops shooting people. We have lost a lot of things right now. That everyone's like, yeah, I think I'll just uh, hold off a little bit, you know. And so, immigration is very, like, I don't know how to describe it, but tiered. So, like, yeah. there's a whole class of people who I'll call, I'll call them the H-1Bs. <laughs> An H-1B visa is, like, a skilled immigrant visa. You got to have a degree, you have to be working some type of job that they couldn't find an American for. Your H-1B class of person, America is never their only choice. They can go to Canada. They can go to Australia. They mm-hmm. can go to the UK. And um, for us, you know, it's like English speaking is kind of the preferred because that's the language they speak in our home country. But they could go to Germany if they're willing to learn German. It's not unusual for people to be like, you know, the American immigration system, all the stuff you guys have going there, I'll take my chances on Canada. It's cold, but I'll try it. Yeah. But going back, though, what are some of your favorite couples? 
Oh, my favorite couples. I actually enjoyed Melanie and Devar, and that's a couple that I would like to follow up on and find out where they are. Oh, yeah, they did have a child that was gorgeous. Yeah, I did see that. But I just, you know, he was having, like, alcohol issues that I guess they've worked through. So I just want to know what's going on with them. Because they were very, like, her, you know, family was all, he's gonna da-da-da-da. Um, and she was very, like, I remember when at one of the tell-alls where someone, I think it was Muhammad and Danielle or someone, had. she was basically telling Danielle or whoever it was, if my husband was running around and not coming home, then we would have issues and we would address those issues. It's your fault that your husband's running around. <laughs> like she was no bullshit. Um, and I, I think, and she had that cute son who Devar really seemed to be getting along with. Yeah. I just thought they had a nice story. Um, Kyla Noon, everybody's number one favorite, I swear. Um, they're not top for me. I'm surprised people love them, but they're not top for me. I like how Noon was like, I want to go home and you should come with me. I loved that. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, but who's your favorites? Um, I think I have typical favorites. Um, Alexi and Lauren. More Alexi. Lauren is annoying. But they have genuine love for each other. Mainly because I think Alexi is kind of hot, too. I but, agree. But um, I like them. I like how they get over stuff. I just like that he balances her out. Um, a couple... Let me say, I think I have people that I grew to love. Matt and Ala. Because oh, I don't yeah. know that Allah loved Matt. Matt loves him some Allah. But <laughs> Allah was just surviving. She's like, listen, I got to get my son out. I got to get out. And I think she grew to love him. But either way, she knew what she was getting. And she put in what she gave him what he wanted. And they have a child together. And I think they just have like a stable home and stuff together. So I like them. And who else do I like? You know who I grew to love? Michael and Juliana. Yes. Because I was like, mm, I, I'm not going to lie, and this is terrible, when they thought she was an escort, and she was like, I travel to all these places. I'm like, oh. but what the is way an escort? She... What is a yacht girl? What is a sugar baby? <laughs> like, <laughs> people just be throwing these terms around, but fundamentally, <laughs> I mean, it's all like shades of of the same thing, right? What is a, a girlfriend, a yacht girl, and an escort can all be the same thing. Yeah, that's true. But, Up to um, a wife, like Juliana is. <laughs> but yeah, so I think, you know, she found her groove. They seem to have love for each other. I love that she bonded with his ex-wife, who I hope is doing well, because she had cancer. Yeah. So I don't know what the status is, but I don't know. They seem to have a connection, and it just seemed genuine to me. And then I think the other favorite that's also boring is, um, oh, what's her name? Curliam and Alan. Oh, I and, never watched the first season, but I know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, she was so pretty. So pretty. And they're just calm. And in Brazil, they, they were in the quarantine um, season. And she's stuck in Brazil. She went with her son, with their son, to go see her parents. And she got stuck. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad there seemed to be a time where it felt like all of the girls wanted to be models. And I'm really glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> None of y'all were going to be a model. Oh, I had one more favorite. I still want to find out what happens with them. Avery and Omar. It didn't look good for them at all. But I love like, them. <laughs> I was shocked. I love them. She really I thought about her the other day. <laughs> Why did I think about her the other day? <laughs> Well, there's another one who might benefit from um, the election. Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah they might he might actually be able to come to the u.s yes but they had a plan b they were like if it wasn't oh that's why i thought about them it was playing in the background of my tv if it didn't work out they were gonna go to dubai i always find i always like it when you start with a couple and you're like you guys are hopeless (laughs) or like avery seemed really young really dumb and really unserious yes about what she was doing and then come a year later it's like no you are i i kind of like that's why i kind of like happily ever after sometimes or like a second season yeah third fourth fifth season where you're just like i'm bored with you yeah you've dragged it on too long but yes because her mom made her sound like she was flighty she was like first vegetarian then she was something else and now she's a she's muslim i can't even imagine coming home to your very american very white parents and telling them that hey mom hey dad (laughs) i'm gonna be muslim now and I'm going to go find this guy in Syria, of all places. <laughs> of all the places. But her parents were good sport. They really were good sports because I'm just like, whoo. She went to, you know, Syria. And then she was, she's 20. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, just to clarify, I'm not saying they were good sports because she was Muslim. No, not at all. I just mean because she's 20 and Syria is, you know, going through war for, this, for her safety is what I mean. So, and her mom went with her, so. Oh, I will so, say, of all the spinoffs and everything, the version that I enjoy the, vo- the most is the one we're in now, which is where you got the K-1, you got yeah, on the plane, you got to yeah. deal with everything. There's no take backsies. I mean, yeah. I still can't believe they let Marcel and Anna pull what they pulled last year. You, once you have that visa, you get on that plane, you are getting married. You better <laughs> get married in 90 days. You better okay. file the adjustment of status, file your affidavit of support. Like, you're in it. But do you see... Why I just had that thought for a second, because there are some cases, especially since they're on TV to verify, I'm just like, how? We're going to talk about them, but even like Rebecca and Ziad, I'm just like, Rebecca's done this how many times? Like, you would think that is like a no-no, but uh, some impossible cases, they still, like, how is Mohammed still here? I mean, I could explain how Mohammed is still here. (laughs) No, Um, I mean, not like literally, well, okay, yeah. Okay. Muhammad is not dumb. <laughs> um, what's his name? Luis from Luis and Molly? Dumb. Yeah. Muhammad marries Danielle. He keeps her on a string for two years. He gets his two-year green card. After two years, you have to go for another interview and go for it's called the removal of conditions. I think Muhammad actually made it to the removal of conditions interview and got his 10-year green card. Once you have the 10-year green card, you don't have to deal with that person anymore to get your citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as like, to the I rest have... of them, <laughs> I have seen some paperwork. Um, as to the rest of them, what people watching the show never seem to understand is what is the definition of fraud? Fraud is an intent to deceive, and it's really hard to prove in something as sticky as marriage. The type of fraud that the government likes to go after is the um i will pay you five grand to marry me so i can get my green card mm-hmm. not the we got married like we acted like a couple we went on vacation together we we lived like a couple we text messaged each other every day and then um he or she got his green card and then they left me and yeah. i now i'm gonna call that fraud the U.S. government doesn't want to waste its time chasing down people to be like, well, were you really in love? 
or was it fraud? (laughs) How are they supposed to prove that? How are you supposed to prove the difference between a bad relationship and intentional misrepresentation of intentions? Who's got time for that? Why do they approve? Because you got people like Angela who's like, it is my God-given taxpayer right to bring my (laughs) husband over here. (laughs) Technically speaking, like, the government, we don't live in a nanny state. The government is not going to protect you from your bad relationship decisions. If you file the paperwork and you guys appear to be a real relationship, even if you've been married three times or four, as long as you're legally divorced and you can show that you guys have a real relationship, they're going to approve your thing. It's going to take forever. And that's why I know that Azan did not go for that interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a nice breakdown by age. So, yeah, that's a good... um, Every time people talk about fraud, I'm like, do you understand what marriage fraud is? No, not based on what you're saying. Just because she's 50 and he's 20, that's not fraud. Hmm. Well, you ready to talk about the current season? Let's get into the couples. Yes. All right. Brandon and Julia. Um, I'm sick of Brandon. I'm sick of his mom. There's a lot of heavy parent involvement this season and I'm just like why does this person who is still in his mom's tits thinks he's ready to bring somebody over here like Julia has a point about everything like I did not come here for you you need to stand up for me I'm your number one responsibility now what I don't even know what his mom's end goal is she just wants to have control over him or what is it I yeah I agree his mom wants to have control I think Julia is going to make him grow up. She, I like how she laid out like the finances. She's like, so either we do this or we do that. And this is the person, this and this. She apparently is a grown up. And yeah, Yeah. they can make fun of her for wanting to take too many pictures. But she's going to drag him into adulthood because he doesn't appear to be there. Yeah, because his mom, I think there's, I wonder if there's a name for it. Because there's some moms who really don't want their children to grow up. I'm pretty sure there's a name for it. (laughs) Because they enjoy mothering them. Because I don't understand, like, you have an issue. You can have your hotel room, but don't stay here. Oh, but you're not having sex. But I know you're having sex, but don't do this. But don't, like, what are you even doing? Like, he brought this girl all the way from here, and then you want to keep them separated? Like, be realistic. It annoys me. Like, I doubt that he had the money. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> to fill out the paperwork and do all this other stuff. I will yeah. say this. You can charge your immigration fees on a credit card, FYI. Um, <laughs> but, like, for the, the limp, the like, uh, income levels you have to have, you have to prove that stuff. So I'm sure his parents are the ones who signed the paperwork. Like, I get it. You know, people are staying at home and stuff. But there's a difference between living in your parents' house and being an independent adult and living in your parents' house and being a child. And he's a child. But to be honest, though... The amount you need to make is like 26000 So that's how I know Nicole is really not making any money. Sorry, I'm going back. But even though a lot of these people like Brandon who's saying I'm staying to save money, I honestly don't think he's saving any money. I, well, he went, he went, like, how do you have, and that's the other thing. It's a switch. It's a bait and switch. Because if you have money to fly your parents and your girlfriend and your girlfriend's parents to Paris and have a nice vacation, and then you bring someone back to like, oh, I don't even have a place to live, you're functionally poor. That's how you know Julia got some sense on her. She's like, I don't understand. We travel here, we go here, we go here, I come back, and now you say you don't have any money? <laughs> but oh. yeah, 
that's my thoughts on them. It's just like, he just needs to grow up. But I do think they have genuine love for each other and a lot of lust for each other. But yeah. I, I, all of my hope for their relationship rests with her and her assertiveness. Well, there's a little bit of fear of losing her. I think he has that. So that'll fuel <laughs> that. But you're right. She just has to stand her ground because she says she said it. She said, it's either we stay here and we have problems this way or we do uh, other problems. Pick your problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Dinwiddie, I'm like, Dinwiddie is not an expensive place to live. Like, it's in the D.C. area-ish. Um, but I'm like, can't you find some sort of cheap apartment or something? Yeah, when you're that lazy and you're not really making any income, you don't even know what to do. You <laughs> mother someone when you cripple them. <sighs> She's going to get them out of that house. This whole being on a farm thing, I think they're just going to mess with us for a while. <laughs> don't worry we'll see them on pillow talk in their apartment oh. all right amira and andrew who we just met um this latest episode she's one of the few from a no visa travel country so she'd actually visited him in california which i thought was great i wish more of the couples had that opportunity yeah honestly i was kind of rooting for them i don't know why even though i only saw them for a few minutes maybe they're gonna turn out to be trash um, I don't know. I don't know that I was rooting for them because at first I was drawn in. I'm like, Andrew's a good guy. He owns a daycare center and he's this. And then by the end, we find out that he gave her an ultimatum and he's missing his sister's um baby shower because they're meeting in Mexico. And he's telling her like, if you don't do this, then, you know, you're not proving my, your love for me. And then her dad tells us that, you know, he sees her cry all the time. And I'm just like, mm. Well, there's a time limit on this visa. They've waited a year for the visa. I could sort of, like, he did some deep research to figure out, like, how can we solve this problem? Because this is a big problem when you have a K-1 visa and you can't enter the United States. He figured out, okay, we can go to Mexico. And I assume he's paying for them to go to Mexico for two weeks to quarantine so she can, like, I just feel like he's doing a lot of problem solving. Maybe he's an ass or maybe he's just like, I have done all this. We need to make this happen. Like, we've waited this long. Sometimes people need a little push. Maybe she just needs a little push. So, okay, from your knowledge, even with everything that's going on, if you have that visa, there are no concessions being made. They're just like, well, you didn't use it. With COVID going on, there's no extension. Because that was my assumption. Like, there has to be some exceptions because of COVID. There wasn't an exception specifically for k-1 visas but i think that there is litigation so i think the people who are either waiting for their interviews for k-1s or something they like sued i should probably stop there but all this to say no there there are lots of people who are stuck in really bad situations right now because they are in countries where we're not allowing people in because of coronavirus and the only people who are allowed in are like green card holders citizens so if you have the wrong type of visa you're like sol Oh, okay. I just thought they would give extensions. I, I, I would not. Because they literally can't use the visa. I would not. In this day and age, the amount of time that it takes for everything, you just don't want to be filing any more paperwork. I mean, <laughs> like that's you, true. Because then you'll be waiting. Because that's all people do now with immigration now is wait, 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 wait. 
Well, I mean, you make a good point, but I don't forget that the dad says he makes you cry. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm paying perfect attention to that conversation. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll see how it goes. He seems to be so smitten by her because he doesn't really date much. I don't it makes me uncomfortable when we meet this men who have ev who put everything in this woman and are so grateful that they found someone that likes them back and they want to keep them. It's like, okay. But jury's still out for me. Okay. Um Yara and Jovi. Oh, they're a mess. It's so it, funny because you expect Yara to be like this party girl. At least that's what I expected. But she actually has a sense of a head on her shoulders and Jovi is the one who can't get it together and is still a party boy. I will give Jovi one concession. He was one of the few people on the show who did not bring their fiance to BF. He brought her to New Orleans. And trust me, I looked up where they live. They're around the corner from the Gotham Lofts where the Married at First Sight people were living. Like, they're three blocks away. <laughs> but that's because she insisted that he upgrade. <laughs> Good so, job, her. No, it wasn't of his own doing because he's still a party boy and a frat boy in his mind. I, I also like that he appears... Sometimes these people, you know, he has a, he seems to have a real job, a real career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's getting mad because he's leaving to go to work. And I'm like, do you work? Are you going to pay the rent? What are you upset about? <laughs> I think the two of them have had a vacation relationship. I don't really yeah. love the insinuations that are like, oh, she faked being pregnant. Or da, da, da. I don't think any of that's true. I just think they had some vacation sex and now they're stuck in a lifelong relationship. <laughs> no, I actually think they had a pregnancy scare and she lost the job. And Jovi's just like, dang, and I went and proposed. Dang it. But... I also think he's probably an alcoholic and that's going to be their downfall. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's in the mindset. And this is another one that has a parent involvement in it. Where the mom wants him to have a certain kind of wedding. And Yara's like, it's not even about my parents not being here. Because even if they're there, I just want a Vegas wedding. So, again, another one where the woman has to kind of parent the guy. Because Joey just seems like he's immature. Oh, very immature. So, yeah. Then we get to go back to some old people who we've seen before. <laughs> Which I actually enjoy that they got their visa. Because, you know, I don't trust these people. Mm-hmm. Tarek and Hazel. My first thought when I saw Hazel... Man, that girl was in a bad way the last time we saw her. Mm-hmm. She, she was basically homeless. And Tarek was going to get her someplace to live before he left the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And apparently she didn't have enough money for food. I'm not even trying to be mean. Like, she just looks now like she has enough money for food, which she probably didn't before. Yeah. Um, meeting Tarek has changed her life for the better. This is the best type of transaction, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think about their relationship? I don't understand this bisexual, we're going to have a poly, like... They're trying to introduce polyamory for the first time into 90 Day Fiance, and I admire their courage. And by they, I mean the producers, not these two jokers. Um, <laughs> I don't... I, it's definitely a wait and see. I have never liked your relationship from beginning because, again, it's one of those where I told you I shouldn't call anybody an incel because they're not incels, but I don't like... I'm uncomfortable with the relationships where the men are so grateful to have someone and Tarek feels that way it's almost like didn't you I mean he has a child so we know he's had relationships but 
he's so into Hazel, like he's never had a woman in his life before. And it it just always, it's not unique to Tarek. It just makes me uncomfortable when they're so into someone that way. And the fact that Hazel says I'm bisexual and then he goes, having a girlfriend is going to be part of why? That was never fully explained. Why? I don't get it. Because yeah. it's also like, if you were to just watch the show, the jump that we made from like him going to visit her the first time, because that was the first time they met. Mm-hmm. Then there was the whole pillow talk thing with his brother who has now moved to the Philippines to yeah. do the other way. I assume he's shooting the other way. No, he was then, in the quarantine stories too. Oh, he was? See, I didn't want yeah. to. <laughs> was he, he was. in the quarantine stories in the Philippines? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I need to go back and watch that. <laughs> and then and then now they introduce again and suddenly they're talking about I, I like they never mentioned Tarek's whole thing about Indonesia. That never came up the first time, I don't think. And about, suddenly, how he has this like obsession with Indonesia and I his Indonesia. In the beginning, when they first met, how he had like that's how they. Oh yeah, because he stopped in Indonesia to yeah, see that girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. So they did. So. But I, I, he would have just he was just, he was just looking for someone, some Asian someone to come to America. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I mean is just like that whole unhealthy obsession. But for me, their relationship has always been weird because that first time that they met, Hazel did not seem seem into him at all. She even put a barrier like she didn't want him to touch. It wasn't until the tell all that we found out that, oh, they're having sex now. And then we found out she was bisexual and all that. I can't speak for anyone's sexuality, but I kind of feel like she's just into girls. But Tarek is a way out. Yes, this is a transaction. So all of a sudden now they're into each other and all that. But even with when she comes to the United States, Tarek is the one that's so excited. And he's just like, she's here and woohoo and all that. And again, it makes me uncomfortable. But I don't know what the relationship is going to be. And it's almost like he knows. But he's like, you know what? I'll take what I can get. But again, I, think I need you- to stop saying transactional and use the term mutually exploitative. <laughs> Okay, that works. That's and what it is. Is this not what Tarek and Hazel is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is because they're both getting something out of it, and he's fixated on getting an Asian girlfriend and well, fiance, and I guess that's what he got. But again, I don't. You have a child, like there just has to be more thought put into things, but. Yeah, and Hazel has a child too. And her thought is, how can I make a better life for my child? My child, yeah. And, you know, to be fair, Tarek is in it. He's like, you know, we're going to get him. We're going to get him or whatever. So sometimes people know, listen, a lot of relationships in life are transactional. I mean, either way you want to get, somebody is getting something out of it. It's just making sure everyone's on the same page. So I feel like, even though it may not be like a traditional love story, both of them know what they're getting out of it, and both of them are fine with it. Except that whole, she's bisexual, so having a girlfriend is going to be part of this. I, that's a huge question mark for me. So. I just, uh, with all of these, I wonder how long it's going to last. Are Tarek and Hazel for the long haul? I'm not sure. I think she might find an American girlfriend and peace out on him, and I wouldn't even be surprised. But in that case, I'd be like, go Hazel. Go Hazel. What if Hazel and Rose get together? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on to Mike and Natalie. I think they hate each other. 
absolutely 100% right. They should not be together. I don't know why they're trying to force a square into a round hole. And I always ask this when I see relationships like this in real life. How do you get over you believing in God and being with an atheist? What is the end game here? I also, like, there are certain people who I'm like, I don't even understand why you want to come to America. Like, does does Natalie strike you as a person who really, really wants to come to America? No. And she doesn't really like Mike. So I'm like, why are you in No. Swim? They're always fighting. Mike seemed inconvenienced when he found out she got the visa. <laughs> like, oh, man, she did? I think a little part of him was over she didn't get it, so he didn't have to make that choice. <sighs> And she has like a whole life. She seems really close to her mom. And I cringed when she said, I can make a mistake and not read room wrong, but my mom would never be wrong. And she likes Mike. And I'm like, okay. Back to you. I'm sorry. I never answered your question about religion. I think religion, uh, people pick it up and put it down. If Natalie was that serious about religion, she would have pulled her visa application. Oh, but, but hold on. Many- what? Hold on, back it up. There's a difference to me between religion and faith. And I don't think like this is a religious issue. It's not about the religion. It's about the actual faith because she actually like, I believe in God. I don't think like the world function. Like it's not even about I'm Catholic and he's not. It, it's, it's like their faith is different. She believes in God and he's atheist. But people... I agree with you that this is a problem and it will manifest itself in many different ways, I'm sure. But the interesting thing about faith is that people can pick it up and put it down at their convenience. Um, I'm going to disagree. Religion, yes. But faith, I don't know how you... That's the whole point of having faith is you have it and it's there and it's a huge constant. But religion, yeah, you can pick at the rules and you pick up what you want, and then you drop what you want, but like actual faith and belief in stuff, I don't know how you pick up and make it flexible. It's an actual belief that's in your mind. I so, think if faith was important to Natalie, she wouldn't have come, but she did come. Yeah, because Natalie's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, so, so I'm just like, no, six months I, from now, she'll be like, oh my gosh, my faith is so important to me. And she and Mike will be fighting because he'll be talking about aliens. But, yeah, because Natalie... I don't know what is going on with that. I think she's like scarred from something, not even her first marriage, but she just is not happy with Mike, but wants to be happy with Mike because she really wants kids and doesn't think she has time to start a whole new relationship and get pregnant by somebody else. That's my deduction because I'm just looking at her like one minute you think you don't love him. Then you say, and then the fact that she told Uncle Bo to, well, okay, I was going to ask you. What do you think about that whole Uncle Bo being sent out? Um, thanks to the internet, Uncle Bo has a rap sheet like a mile long. And a lot of oh. it is like violent offenses. So the show is oh. not getting into that. But if I was oh. Natalie, I would say Uncle Bo needs to go forever too. I can't live in a house, oftentimes by myself, with someone who has the rap sheet that Uncle Bo has. He's okay, not just see- lovable old guy. Maybe he is now. But he has a shady, shady past. Okay, see, that makes sense. But that's the thing about when you don't do deep dives, how am I supposed to know? So I'm here representing for the people who are not doing deep dives. Like, I was just like, hmm. Like, even without the rap sheet, listen, 
you got to be safe. It's not safe being a woman. And I'm just like, I'm not saying that he was going to do anything. But even without that, I can see like, you're out in the woods. Who are you going to scream to? The forest? So being by him by herself was a little, I can see how she was uncomfortable. But I was just like, well, what is he supposed to do? But now with the rap sheet, that makes sense. But I don't know. They're unhappy. They don't seem to have the same things like here's the thing you can have differences with your spouse or your partner and be different but your fundamentals have to be on the same page so if your fundamentals are not on the same page i don't know what these people are doing and every time with the living situations if you are a newly established couple one of you has just moved countries the best living situation is the two of you by yourself and all of these parents and kids and Uncle Bo's, bad idea, all of them. Yeah. And that yeah. takes us to our next couple, Rebecca and Zied, who are also trying to do this co-living situation. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I can't help look at, I look at Rebecca and I just, oh, okay, how harsh do I want to be? I just see stupid. <laughs> and the thing is, she's a very likable person. Yeah, because she's simple. I don't know if she... Simple is okay. But even, like, I admired her for, like, getting a real job. <laughs> the standards <laughs> are very low for this show. A regular old job that is not glamorous. She's not... You know, like, just to support... I, for some reason, I really admired that. Because <laughs> it's rare to see, I guess. Um, But this, like, fourth marriage... I'm too poor to find a place for us to live... Hmm. And her whole relationship with Ziad is just weird. I don't, I don't even know what to say about them. But I, well, I'm glad you said it. Yeah, she's dumb. Well, here's the thing. What did I tell you earlier? This whole show is fueled by two things. Lust and loneliness. Rebecca is loneliness. Clearly, she hasn't learned. And th- my motto in life is like, we all make mistakes. But you have to learn from your mistakes. But she's going and making the exact same mistakes and getting people way younger than her. And not even trying to find a relationship that's in America. But for me, the fact that he's on her debit card, he's on her shirt, and all that, I'm just like, this girl is lonely, and she just wants somebody to be with her. Did you see the look at the game store? <laughs> that poor woman. When he's Why are they always drawing in random strangers into their bullshit? She's like, he's cute, right? And the girl's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so... um. Yeah, so Rebecca is lonely, and Rebecca wants someone, but she's not giving herself a chance to be happy, and instead is buying love, so to speak, because she's paying for all these people she's bringing over. Like, she literally paid for her ring. It also, part of Rebecca's shtick is that she talks to him like he's a child. <laughs> she's always placating. Yeah. It's really disturbing. Yeah, and then he's not, and I feel like Zied looks like he's spoiled. Zied is going to come here and not get a job because he never worked a day in his life. I don't care what he says. And he's making demands already. Well, he's going to be home. He doesn't have a job. So he says he's going to need a game console to keep him company. Like, who? Who? (laughs) What? I and think she's it's like, gonna oh, end yeah. just like her last marriage. Like Rebecca will be one of the first people to bring her second ninety day fiance on this show because after she's done with the <laughs> end, she'll be on to the next. <laughs> her own little Darcy. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah. And then we have this other couple who they haven't even shown us yet. They have so many couples in the season now. It's kind of crazy. 
But it's um, always been that way, don't you think? I've always oh, felt yeah. like those the past few years, they always have so many. Um, I like it. Stephanie and Ryan, I think we're about to hit episode four and we still haven't met them. Yeah. But from what we know, she's an older white lady. And do we do you know where he's from? Where no, Ryan is? They from? haven't mentioned. Yeah, but he's black. And in the previews, we just find out that, you know, she calls herself a cougar and it's a secret that we don't know what it is. It's always a secret. <laughs> so, yeah, There's looking forward to it. But all around, though, I think, like, I'm enjoying this season. It's nice to have fresh faces. They they hit the right balance of new couples and old couples. So um, it'll be fun to watch. And I'm interested to see if Tarek's brother is going to make an appearance. I assume that they're filming the other way. And we will, if we see him on the show, I think we'll also see him there. Okay. I do. My Like I said, my favorite version of the show is this 90 Day Fiance version. Yay, new people usually. Or at least if it's old people, they're in America now, which is always, like, different. Yeah. I, I mean, in the history of 90 Day Fiance, anybody who's come over on a K-1 has gotten married. So I'm sure all of these people are getting married, too. We're still waiting for our first couple who, like, doesn't go through with it, for real. Yeah. But I will say, much like um, Married at First Sight, my favorite of all the franchises is Happily Ever After because they've been through the murk. We go through the will day one day, even though we know they're going to get married, and then the part where they don't work and they can't do anything. But we Happily Ever After, they're all through that. Now we're finding out the nitty-gritty, like, okay, are you staying together? Are you not? What is going on? Are you, now you're used to America. You know what's going on. Sorry. Speaking of dysfunctional, we forgot about Paul and Kareem. But yeah. Oh, that's a whole new level. Once again, <laughs> oh. once the cups are involved, we're, this is, it's yep. not fun anymore. Yep, that's the pattern. But yeah, so that's why I like that franchise. It's like everyone's settled. Everyone knows what's going on. You have your green card. You can work. Now, what are you bringing to the table? So, yeah. And it's so difficult. Like, I have... I wish they would do more follow-ups and more... Like, one couple that I've always wished they would follow up with was Evelyn, and I can't remember her husband's name. They were just on for one 90-day fiancé season. Probably the first season I watched. What was their husband? Anyway. Evelyn? Yeah. Um, From Philippines? Mm, was she from the Philippines? No, she was from, like, Brazil or Colombia. Oh, what was their story? It... His family was all like, you just wanted for a green card. This was the early season, so they didn't have much craziness. Okay. He had kind of not told his family that he was bringing this woman. <laughs> he just kind of showed up with her. <laughs> was like, yeah, we've been dating for like a year and I filed for a K-1 and here's my future wife. We're getting married in 90 days. His family was all those you're just using him for a green card and da 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 It was, yeah. And she was just really classy. She was just like no thank you. Um, like I'm not dealing with your bullshit. Oh, anyway. Those are the types of couples that I would love to follow. I think the another reason why I remembered them is I think they just announced they were pregnant, even though they've been married for, like, a long time. Oh, that's um, cool. So, yeah. Okay. Where, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Where were we? No, we're just Paul talking about... No, 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 I was just talking about um, in general. Like I, and I thing. agree with you about Happily Ever After one season is good. I think I just... I don't care about the family shot. <laughs> I don't care about Darcy and Stacy. I, I don't understand how, like, yeah, with the family Chantel, we've been listening to Chantel and Pedro talk about the same things for, like, four or five years. And I know now they've moved on to, like, other family members, but Chantel's family is, nor is Pedro's family, that interesting. 
Well, the problem is not that they're not interesting. It's just that they're very highly unlikable. It, it that that's just really what the thing is. It's like neither side of the family. Like when the most likable person in everything is Pedro, even <laughs> Pedro just thinks to decide, like, hey, I'm glad it's not me because now his sister is front and center with this man. And honestly, I don't feel shame for a lot of shows I watch, but I think I feel like a zero point one percent shame that I watch the family Chantal. Like I'm just, you know, they're just really unlikable. And I'll just say this. I have an um, entertainment blog where I write on tainment.com, visit. And I wrote the family Chantal. I wrote how annoying I found them three years ago. And I tell you that this is still the number one post on my blog till today. <laughs> <laughs> like I have people leaving comments. Someone's like, I can't stand them. And it's the top search in my blog. And that I was before there was Chantal. a show called The Family Chantal, I right? hate The Family Chantal. So, you know, their unlikability is my impressions. but. You know, they have that much effect. It's River, who I don't even know why River is there. I feel like with these reality shows, like, River was, like, a mildly annoying younger brother. But once you give these people a platform, they take it to, like, 1,000. Where he's, like, all up in his sister's relationships and expressing opinions no one asked for. Yeah. The only person who is somewhat likable in that whole family is Winter. Yeah, but even Winter gets cut up when the whole family gets hyped and she, they all join in and just start chirping like pirates and it just becomes a hot mess. Because the way Chantal is so into her brother Royals and, and Janine's marriage, you would think she didn't go through the same thing with Pedro and be like, you know, understanding. The reason why Pedro and Chantal are screwed is Chantal showing up and lying. Oh yeah, he's here to go to school. Oh, yeah. wait, I brought him on a K-1. We're getting married. Can you come? If she had not started with that lie, I think things would be a little bit better. But I can't stand her mom. Her dad is just a bump on the log who just lets says stupidity and lets show. things roll. Yeah, River is annoying. It turns out the royal is probably an asshole, too. And then we got this poor Anjanette. Yeah, Pedro's mom, Pedro's sister, all of these. And I, I question if any of it's even real. Yeah, it is yeah. Just these people just playing up their worst characteristics for these stupid TLC cameras. Yep, because yeah, so that it really is the issue. It's not that they're not compelling; they're compelling enough that people are watching enough to hate them, but they're just highly unlikable. <laughs> <sighs> so we will continue watching this franchise. Um, I'm glad TL- TLC has really found a winner. Uh, they better come up with something else to put on Discovery Plus before I'll go in there and watch this. Any more of this? Yeah. Although I, I do think that the people that will sign up for Discovery are not the people who are high fans of 90 Day. So they might encounter a whole new audience because I think you'd find more home and garden people that are <laughs> signing up for that that might encounter 90 Day. But I don't think 90 Day Fiance fans are the kind of people that would subscribe to that streaming service. So. We already have seven TV shows on the regular. Why would we go find four more? Yeah. They need to bring back Pillow Talk for regular 90 Day, though. I'm kind of annoyed that they don't have it. <laughs> Maybe they're just waiting to get a report. No, that doesn't matter. So, I don't know. The amount of mocking I received when people were like, wait, hold on a second. You watch the show, and then you watch a TV show where people watch the show. <laughs> 
<laughs> I felt a little sad inside, but what can I say? It was entertaining. But yeah. Well, that's our wrap up on 90 Day Fiance. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Just a reminder that we'll be back with Married at First Sight episodes in January. Keep in mind that patrons will get early access to our regular episode once the season starts. You can find us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash altercallmafs. A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Also, you can find us on social media at altercallmafs, same thing, A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. That's the handle on Instagram. That's the handle on Twitter. And you can also email us at gmail.com. See y'all in 2021. Happy holidays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.